This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. In this world, holiness is created, it is earned, and it is nurtured. For us to be a holy nation, we must work to make a world that God would feel proud to dwell in with us. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. There's an old joke that I just love. It really speaks to this Jewish yearning for spirituality, to the desire to connect with the Almighty. I'm going to tell you the joke. It goes like this. An elderly Jewish woman travels to the Himalayas to have a meeting with a very world-famous guru. And when she arrives, the guides tell her, lady, it's at least a two-week wait. She would need to stand at the base of the mountain camp with all the other supplicants, and they would gradually make their way up, sleeping in encampments so they didn't lose their place in line. And he tells her he's concerned she might not have the strength to do either the climb or the weight, but she ensures him she is ready and eager and more than able. He reminds her, though, that when she finally has her audience with the guru, she can only say three words and nothing more. I know, I know, she replies. Don't worry, I know exactly what I want to say. And so, begins the 12-day journey to the top of the mountain and her opportunity to speak to the guru. The day she finally arrives, she's again reminded about the three-word rule, and once again, she heartedly agrees. Finally, her moment is here. She steps over the final step and goes to the peak, kneels down to speak as she was instructed, and she looks the guru in the eyes. She says, her three words. Sydney, come home. And that just kills me every time because, of course, the guru is her son and his Jewish mother wants him to come home. You see, Eastern religion has attracted more than its share of Jewish people, perhaps people who hadn't been introduced to the profound spirituality there is in their own faith, people who felt that it had to be searched out somewhere else. The call of the spiritual life is loud and persistent in Jews because our collective souls transmigrated in every generation long to relive the ecstasy of the moment that we stood at Sinai like one person with one heart and received revelation from God, the Ten Commandments, or more accurately, Aseret Hadibrot, the Ten Utterances. We learn that the experience was transcendental, that we saw the sounds, that we had this experience of synesthesia, and that the first two utterances, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt, and the second, you shall have no other gods before me, were spoken to us directly from God, and that it was so overwhelming that our souls left our bodies and flew out to be reunited with their source. In my mind, This experience might look like this. There's this huge magnet in the sky, and it appears, and our souls, which, let's say our souls are slivers of metal, they want to rush up to the source to be at one 
with the Creator. They want to go back to where all souls originate and to where they'll return after the death of the body. The people could not cope with the intensity, and they told Moses to tell them the rest of God's utterances himself. That's why the tenses in the Ten Commandments change after the second one. The first two are I am, which is first-person direct communication, and after that, thou shalt, spoken through Moses' voice. So why are so many Jews in ashrams and the like? Well, for the most part, with some exceptions, spirituality in Jewish life is not found in isolation or vows of poverty, in chastity or silence, certainly not in hunger, except maybe on a fast day. It's not found in the asthes path. Spirituality and holiness are found in the everyday, in the relationships that are person-to-person that build civilized and moral societies. In other words, God is in the details. It's for this reason that directly after the Torah portion that tells us about the revelation, the very next portion contains about 53 laws, laws like kidnapping, personal injury, property damage, occult practices, helping the poor and the vulnerable, returning lost objects, alleviating the suffering of animals. Not so inspirational or spiritually exciting, right? The commentator, the Rambam, metaphorically explains the placement of laws directly after inspiration like this. Compare this experience, he says, to a man lost in the forest, in the darkness of night, in the midst of a thunderstorm. Unable to see his hand in front of his face, he has no idea where to go. But suddenly, there's a flash of lightning, and he sees the path home clear as day. A second later, the lightning fades and he's left with only the memory of clarity to guide him back home. The lightning in this story represents flashes of inspiration in a challenging and difficult world. The darkness represents the journey that we must take to recreate that initial stage of inspiration. You see, the experience at Sinai was beyond a flash of lightning. It was clarity. It was transcendent. It was the ultimate spiritual experience. But inspiration without perspiration yields no concretization. In this world, holiness is created. It is earned, and it is nurtured, not alone, not by separating yourself from the community. To be holy, for us to be a holy nation, we must sanctify the day-to-day. We must work to make a world that God would feel proud to dwell in with us. And the laws we received are meant to be the roadmap for elevating the ordinary to the extraordinary, to finding holiness in the day-to-day interactions with our neighbors, our friends, our family. And while sometimes those commandments might seem less than intuitive, and sometimes even downright counterintuitive, they are God's instructions to us. It's the owner's manual for the soul while it dwells in its physical body. This week, can we search for the holiness we can create by scrupulously attending to the rights and sensitivities of those around us? Can we equate spirituality with action as much as with transcendence? Can we create our own mountaintops in our kitchens, in our bedrooms, in our boardrooms? 
If God was a Jewish mother, he too would ask us to come home. So, let's take that journey. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.